In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. The Dad DeLorean Podcast. Because parenting is a complicated Well, hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Dad DeLorean podcast. I am your host, Andrew. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is something that I really do appreciate you tuning in for all of my discussions, whether it be involving things of just parenting in general and having two boys, or if it's showing up for the streaming discussions, whatever it is that you're showing up for, I appreciate that you show up for it, and I am super thrilled to have yet another episode. So... Uh, this week in life, well, um, as I believe we had discussed a couple weeks back, we were getting a trampoline, and that has become the new greatest thing for Alton and Austin. We uh, took them out last night on the trampoline, and Alton's big thing right now is that he can jump on the trampoline, but nobody else can. And uh, so he is really annoyed with me because I have figured out that he is very unsteady. And so when we're in there, if he wants to play dodgeball, if I want to really throw him off of his game, I just give it a good hard bounce and like he will stumble all over the place. Is it a kind thing to do? Probably not. But it is really amusing to watch him giggling and fall over and trying to maintain his balance when, in fact, he is going to lose it every time. And then he gets mad at me and is like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't like it when you do that. Well, you know what? If you don't like me doing it, maybe you shouldn't try to hit me with the dodgeball while I am not able to do literally anything in here. So that is my only defense. That, and he also likes to tell me to close my eyes and not pay any attention to what's going on. I'm like, that seems like a really good way to get hit in the face with a dodgeball. So most of the time I don't do it. It's just how I am. I love my son, but I don't trust him when he's got a ball and that little devilish grin on his face. So that's been the uh, fun for that. This week in particular has just been interesting, kind of getting back into the routine and the swing of things getting ready for the men's golf tournament at church, which is actually, gosh, what is it? It's a few weeks away now. It's going to be the uh, 19th of June. And it's one of those things, it's about the only time of year that I actually touch my golf clubs. I've got golf clubs. I've had them for years. And I just don't get out as much as I would like to. I think I might actually change that this year. But I am getting ready for this week. I'm going to go golfing with one of my buddies who he and I have played together in the men's golf tournament at church for the last few years actually and we actually have done pretty well i think we have topped the leaderboard at least once we got close last year if i remember correctly although you know i don't really keep track but it is one of those things we always go out we play the uh, municipal course out at king city 
And last year, or actually not last year, it was two years ago, uh, going out to get ready for that. And I'm getting my golf shoes on. And I got golf shoes like years ago. I think I've had them for over a decade. And they were a pair of Adidas. And it was just one of those random dumb luck finds that you go into the Adidas outlet and you look and you happen to find a pair of golf shoes. They were, I think, called Falcon 2s or something like that. I don't honestly remember. I didn't really look that hard at them, but they were right in my size. They fit perfectly. And so I picked them up for 20 bucks because golf shoes tend to be pretty expensive and I don't use them enough to really justify spending a ton of money on them. I think they were originally like a $100 pair of shoes, but I picked them up for 20 bucks. Well, Two years ago at the men's golf tournament was when I realized that they were starting to show their age. And by showing their age, I mean the soles straight up came off of them as I was getting ready to go out to play golf. So it was definitely one of those fun and exciting moments where we were getting ready to start our round. And I've got like a shoe flipping off. Like you see those cartoons where the guy is poor in these old cartoons and so his soul flaps up and down like you could almost make it into a puppet that was basically my shoe so i wind up booking it across over to get to um safeway i think is what it was and i got super glue and i super glued my shoe back together and that lasted mm, maybe six holes if that like i think we'd maybe gotten to the turn and it started coming off again and I went home that year and got some stronger stuff, stuck it in there and glued the shoe back together and left it for last year. Then last year I get out there and I actually wound up losing both soles to the point where I was just playing in my tennis shoes by the back end of that tournament. And so I needed to invest in golf shoes and literally as little as I play golf, you know, it's like I look at it as a 10 year investment. I'm probably spending six fifty a year for this pair of shoes that I will use maybe once a year, although this year, maybe a little bit more. But uh, yeah, that has been my uh, excitement is I wound up investing in a new pair of golf shoes. So I am getting those. They are actually coming. I got them through Zappos because I uh, just needed a pair of shoes before tomorrow so that I could go and golf in them and they are going to be here pretty quick so that has been my fun with that I get to go out tomorrow see if I remember how to swing a club at all odds are I probably don't but it's one of those things like I've played in years past and I've been told that I'm one of the few people who knows what they're doing or at least looks like I know what I'm doing I don't really know what I'm doing. I took a couple golf lessons, so like my whole swing form, all of that, like it's not awful, like compared to some people. I'm definitely not Charles Barkley with the old uh, stop halfway and hack it and just all of that. But I don't think I've ever actually gotten par on a course on my own. So the uh, men's golf tournament is a scramble. And uh, so it's one of those things we're kind of playing best ball out there. We don't really like try to do really well, but every once in a while, you know, I get a good shot in here or there. I uh, have exactly one birdie that I can recall off the top of my head in my entire career. And it was one of those dumb luck shots that I shouldn't have made. It was in high school, LO Municipal. I can't remember what hole it was. All I remember is I had a shot in the rough that I wound up chipping in like the through the bottom of a tree like it was a y-shaped tree that went up and there was some space in there and somehow by some small miracle i managed to actually go and shoot it between the branches at the bottom 
bounce it twice on the green and roll straight in. And that is, I think, the only time in my life that I can remember actually getting a legitimate birdie on a hole. I almost got a birdie on the last hole of a club that I played in, uh, it was in my younger adult life, I think in my late 20s, up at the mountain. And that was one of those, I'd had a terrible day the entire time. I wind up going into the last hole and I'm like, you all, I can get, I can get this in, you know, three strokes on a four hole. And I get my first shot. It lands in the rough. I had to basically line up a shot that went straight down the middle of a bunch of trees on the rough that landed on the green. I figured I wasn't going to make that. And yet somehow I put one straight enough to get it onto the green. I was maybe 20 feet away. I line this up and it's a downhill push. So I'm looking at it going, I think I should be able to do this. And I take the shot and I hit it and it rolls and it rolls. And I at first was thinking it was not going to be enough. Then I started thinking as I watched it gain speed, no, 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 it's going to make it. This is going to make it. And it stopped on the lip of the cup. I actually yelled because I was so mad that I had missed that shot. Somebody told me later they thought I'd been struck by lightning because I was just like, ah! So, uh, yeah, that was the uh, tragic heartbreak of that particular hole. I, I'm not a great golfer. I don't have a handicap as far as, like, I've never gone to bother to do that. But it's one of those things that I'm constantly over. I could probably do with a lesson or two. It's just been so long, and I just don't do it that often. But, you know, I, I invested in Costco golf balls. Like, I didn't realize this. Costco actually has, like... Uh, Kirkland signature golf balls. They've got their own gloves. They have a putter, a Kirkland signature putter. I don't know who makes the Kirkland signature putter. It's definitely just a nondescript putter. And I think they even have irons. And it's just one of those things that I'm like, really? You can get that in a Costco brand? That's very interesting to me. So yeah, that's been it. The boys haven't really taken to golf yet. Like, they get golf clubs, like the plastic ones. They haven't really figured out how to use them. I try to help them here and there, but really, I mean, they're four and one and a half. They don't really have a lot in the way of golf form at this age. I'm not trying to raise a future Tiger Woods or anything like that. They're not going to be golf phenoms. Um... Yeah, it's just one of those things like I'm sure when they get older, we'll probably get to the point where I do wind up involving them in golf and maybe we'll go out once in a while, that sort of thing. But at this point in time, they're still young enough that I don't feel like they have to try to. So that is one of those things I remember as a kid, you know, I think I started probably in late grade school or middle school. I remember going to a golf clinic at progress downs which i think is now red tail golf course over here in uh the area of washington square metzger that part and that was like a big deal for me getting some actual coaching i got to take home a couple of clubs that i got to pick out from their uh you know beat up old clubs that they were letting the little kids use it was a free golf thing really really kind of fun to get out and do that but it was kind of that that started me and you know i had my own set of clubs growing up and I think the set of clubs that I got now, I got when, um, what was the name of the place? G.I. Joe's. For those of you who are native Oregonians and who may remember this, G.I. Joe's Sports and Outdoors was a thing here before they declared bankruptcy and then got all of their locations pretty much taken over by either Kohl's or by um, Dick's Sporting Goods. 
So one of the guys that I used to work with actually owned the copyright for, or the branding or something. He owned basically the name G.I. Joe's for a little while. I don't know if he still owns it, but he was looking to do like an online only revamp of it. And then I don't know where that went, but it's one of those things like it was an old, like if you've been here any length of time, you know about G.I. Joe's. If you've not been here for any length of time, you're like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the little Hasbro action figures? No, it was an actual sporting goods store. You could get pretty much anything there. And I used to go there. And when they went out of business, I picked up some golf clubs on their way out because they were cheap. And I needed golf clubs that weren't like youth golf clubs. So that's kind of been my thing has been like I have those golf clubs I could probably use some better clubs but I just have never bothered really looking into clubs beyond what I have I have some uh, Jack Nicholas Golden Bear branded uh, clubs and then I've got a custom putter that actually my dad got for me like my dad used to work in sales for an aluminum extrusion company when I was a kid and one of their clients apparently made putters and so as a result he got this really cool like putter head and that putter head he eventually had mounted onto a handle and all of that and so I've had this same putter for pretty much my entire golf career so I used a youth putter for a little bit when I was younger and then as I got older I switched to using that and it's a it's a nice it's a nice putter you know it's one of those things like it's custom for me so I like it I don't think that the brand that made it is in, in existence anymore, but it's just one of those things that uh, that was what I have. And so that's what I've always been using. I never really took to the uh, Golden Bear one that came with the clubs. Pretty sure I got rid of that one at some point. I don't know where it is if I do still have it. So that has been kind of my thing is just casual golfing about once a year so I once I, I will say my claim to fame like the church used to do a golf tournament every year and then we took a break from it for a while and then we have recently started going back to it but the one of the most memorable ones was when we played it out at the Shehalem Glen golf course which is a nicer little municipal course down here in Newburgh but when we played it out there that year, I actually won the Hacker Award, and it was actually probably the hardest fought Hacker Award that had ever happened because I was bad that particular year. Like, I've improved a little bit here and there, but like, I was terrible that year. And that was, you know, we were playing our own score. It wasn't like we were uh, doing the scramble like we've been doing in the most recent years. And that was for me this, like, oh, well, I'll walk away with something. And. I wound up, there was somebody who was actually, I think probably legitimately worse than I was, but I managed to screw up enough times on the way through there that I wound up earning the hacker award. So that has been my legacy in golf. I am absolutely no happy Gilmore. I've never even tried doing happy Gilmore's like running hit. Like it just, no, I've not tried that. I will say I do enjoy every once in a while getting out to uh, Top Golf. That was something that they put in out near where my office used to be right before we moved out of that office. And that was something that I really enjoyed. I got to go there with my wife and my in-laws and my kid when we just had the one kid at the time. But uh, we went out there and played a little bit and it was really funny because I got there first before anybody and so I reserved the bay and then I went up there and I was getting some warm-up shots in just to kind of be like, okay, well, let me see how this goes. And I actually bombed one all the way to the back wall, which is like the longest you can hit in there while nobody else was there to witness it. Now we get to the point where everybody else shows up and I start to actually have to perform and I can't hit worth anything. 
So that was a that was fun, but that's a place that I do kind of miss getting to go to, and I'm hoping that eventually we will get to go back to going there every once in a while. But I've done it a couple times. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. So we're going to go ahead and head to our first break, and then when we get back, we're going to talk about what we have been streaming this week, and it will be a little bit of a throwback and a little bit of some new stuff. So we're going to head to that first break now. Stay tuned. In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. And we are back. Thanks again so much for tuning in to the Dad DeLorean podcast. So this week on what we're streaming, I'm going to start off with a bit of a throwback. You see, all of this watching of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers has really made me want to go back and re-watch the original Mighty Ducks movies. And so this week I actually did wind up sitting down and watching kind of in a half-asleep stupor, but then kind of going back and getting the parts that I didn't actually stay awake for. But I did watch the first Mighty Ducks film, and it's one of those things, going back and looking at it, realizing how much of it you watched as a kid that you didn't realize was uh, a little more naughty than you remember. I'll just put it that way. So uh, there was a lot more language in the beginning of that film than I remember there being, and it part of it was, I think, the fact that Gordon Bombay was just an absolute jerk to start that film out. You know, he is very much the competitive lawyer, and, you know, he's cussing at the kids, and that sort of thing, and he has a change during the latter part of the movie, and really kind of owns that being a mentor to these kids personality but the that and the, like even the kids had some of that language stuff going on there like the part where they're telling about how their last coach hurt his arm and he's quoting the coach as you little wizards learn how to play oh you suck you little basket cases you uh, uh, uh. and gordon's like heart attack great and so it was definitely one of those things growing up with that film though it was one of those things that my uncle actually reminds me a lot of Gordon Bombay like not in the sense that he was a jerk my uncle is actually a great guy but my uncle actually host her coke didn't coax he uh coached hockey he played hockey and my mom always pointed out the similarities particularly even when there's the scene where he's chewing aspirin on the bench during one of the games and my mom's like, your uncle does that. So, you know, it was one of those things, like, I, it's one of those things, I never played hockey as a kid. Like, it just wasn't a sport that I think was as big here, at least if it was big here, I didn't really know about it. But I always loved hockey films. And so getting to kind of see that film, that was one of those things that I really enjoyed. 
and the fr whole franchise was actually quite a bit of fun, And but it was one of those things that you definitely sit there and go, there's a lot of stuff here that you're like, kind of, uh, oh, okay, that was weird. Like, uh, what was it? The scene in the final game where the coach is encouraging the kid to take out the, you know, Adam Banks, and first of all, who coaches their kid like that? Like, that's just terrible. But then, like, the kid winds up cross-checking him, and he only gets two minutes. And, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't watch enough hockey for it to be like, hey, you know, that definitely seemed like a serious thing. You're putting the dude in the hospital, and this is a peewee hockey game. Like, I think, like, a two-minute penalty box, that's a bit of a low bar to be setting there. Maybe, I, I just don't know, understand the rules. But to me, that seemed weird. But then to have later on, one of the players takes out uh, Tammy Duncan, who was the figure skater, and Fulton goes in there and dumps the dude into his bench, and he gets ejected from the game for that. Like, I I don't know. Like, that, like, hockey, fighting has always seemed a bit about hockey, and, like, I feel like that should have gotten a penalty box, but I don't know. Like I said, I don't understand a ton of the rules. I have a general idea on how hockey works. I do enjoy a good hockey game every once in a while, but I... I don't understand the rules. I'm going to be totally honest with you. So also like looking back at it, the flying V, how did that play ever actually work? Like, it seems like it would be a pretty easy play to defeat, but eh, I don't know. I'm not, like I said, I'm not like some hockey strategist, but I am sure that there were real hockey people out there who were like flying V really. That's, that's the play you're going to die on. Uh, okay. So also, I feel like it's good that they brought back the Mighty Ducks Game Changers just because of the fact I feel like there's a lot of lore in the story of Gordon Bombay that we've not explored in the last 20 plus years. Like, you think about it, the her first movie, you did a really good job of kind of setting up a potential romance between Coach Bombay and Charlie's mom. And then we never really hear about that ever again yeah like you know end of the movie he goes off to try out for one of the minor teams he winds up going and playing for one of the minor teams then winds up losing his ability to play because of an injury to his knee and so that winds up kind of being the part where you go oh well okay so he came back and then like immediately is off to the goodwill games and coaching that team and it was a very interesting like you never really explore that. And then on top of that, with the Ducks reunion episode on Game Changers, you get the sense that there's something wrong between Charlie and Coach Bombay and that he'd abandoned them. Now, Coach Bombay, like, hung around for three movies. And, yeah, Charlie was a bit upset with him when he did not coach Eden Hall during the third movie. But you never really got the sense that he was upset at him over that. And so what about it made Charlie bitter? Is it possible that Bombay did hook up with his mom at some point? I don't honestly know. That is one of those things that I'm sure that they will want to explore. I know that they wanted to have Joshua Jackson back on the show, but they needed to work with his schedule and he's pretty busy. And so it's one of those things that I think they could explore that in a future season if they do bring it back for another season. I think it's something where... Like, that is a piece that we never really get to see any more of. You also, like, again, you have characters that you know are out there that you never really got to see again. I mean, Goldberg, we all know that Goldberg, the guy who played his 
character had some problems recently and so definitely wasn't going to be available for that but it's one of those things where getting to kind of see some of those actors come back and looking back at it adam banks my goodness that the kid who played him like in the original show like he was very much like the preppy like you know perfect hair all of that and then you look at him now and he looks like a dot-com like dude you know he winds up you know finding out in the game changers episode where they brought him all back that he's gone on to be a public defender all that but he definitely does not look like he looks like he just got out of a dot-com place kind of thing and it was very interesting to see that so and just there's a lot of Gordon Bombay that I think we all want to see at this point and I'm really excited to see it the other thing is I've forgotten about Hans and Jans the uh, Norwegian brothers that kind of serve as mentors to Gordon during the first two movies um, one like Hans dies at the end of the third movie if I remember correctly I haven't gotten back to the second and third ones yet so I'm still kind of trying to retread a bit of this in my memory but like you don't really get that you know Icelandic or not Icelandic but uh Scandinavian I believe they were Norwegian but regardless like you don't get any of the uh old-timey Scandinavian guy in there and that's one of those things I don't think, well, they obviously can't bring back Hans because Hans died, even though the actor is still alive. I think he's like in his late 90s and hasn't acted since, I want to say, the early 2000s. So, like, I don't expect to see anything involving him. And Jans, I don't even know what that guy's up to these days or if he is even still alive. I've not really looked up his IMDb. But, so... I know that in the third movie, Hans dies, and so we're not going to see him again, but I believe that they're supposed to be that the Ice Palace was left to Gordon by Hans when he died. And so I kind of feel like there's still kind of the spirit of him there, and just kind of like, how do you really bring that back? Because you don't have that Scandinavian mentor for Gordon to kind of bring him along in this. Switching gears, we're going to go ahead and go into this week's episode of Game Changers because this week it was a glorious moment of middle school angst. I don't even know where to begin with this one because there were so many cringeworthy, awkward, oh my gosh, this is like middle school all over again moments with this particular episode because you had a bunch of preteens acting like a bunch of preteens. And it was just, you know... I like you, you like me, blah, 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 going back and forth, but like not, nobody wanted to communicate because that is what awkward, cringy middle schoolers do is they don't really communicate or things get miscommunicated and it was so gloriously awkward and memorable and you're just sitting here because everybody knows that Evan likes Sophie? Yeah, Sophie. I had to think about her name for a second. Evan likes Sophie, and that's kind of been the thing. Like, it kind of been the circling, the will they, won't they kind of romance thing, kind of like the Connie and Guy from the original Mighty Ducks, although Connie and Guy have been together this entire time and you know, obviously went on to get married. So it's been very interesting kind of seeing how that plays out. But, you know, it gets to the point where Evan is wanting to go to this party at State with Sophie, and Sophie is planning a girls' night with the girls and so like she weaves a vague text that doesn't necessarily say no but doesn't necessarily say yes and she wanted to be there at the party with him but the girls were like no 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 no, girls night girls night and so then they get there and 
the popular girl whose name always escapes me is immediately like all over this guy that she just met. And then you get into the whole of just, first of all, can I just say that the girl playing Lauren, who is kind of the quirky friend out of the group, like, I think her name is Bella Higginbotham. She does a phenomenal job of kind of being the listener to the popular girl whose name always escapes me is like just like she's totally obsessed with this boy and everything is going to be together with them forever and all that despite the fact that they literally just met and then she goes into this no like I don't even know him anymore he doesn't like this and he doesn't like that and then they get together and then they break up again and it just like her reaction to the whole thing is just phenomenal and it winds up being great on top of that evan winds up accidentally making sophie jealous because he winds up asking advice of the podcast girl who nick it turns out has a crush on but nick has never told her his feelings meanwhile it turns out that the only reason that she says yes to evan in his accidental asking of her to go to this party is because she wants to make nick jealous so he winds up being able to connect the two of them but then he has to have a moment with Sophie and they are, there's an argument that they have in a photo booth and it's just, it was a great moment of like just preteen angst and fun and really enjoyed the episode. And next week they go on to state and will, I assume be facing off against the one and only defending state champion ducks. Also, I really want to punch the ducks coach in the face again. And, like, he has this moment with Bombay where you think that he might actually have a heart to him, only it turns out that he winds up going on a bit of a uh, sneaky mission here, gets the information that he needs out of Bombay as far as why he was suspended from NCAA coaching, and then tries to use that to get the Ducks coach, or not the Ducks coach, but the uh, Don't Bothers coach banned from the game. Thankfully, because we've had this whole setup from the very beginning where Lauren Graham's character of Alex is a smart legal person who doesn't actually have her law degree, but she did go to school for it and just had to drop out to have Evan. Like you find her having a bonding moment with her boss, who is still the mother of a couple of ducks players, but they wind up having this connection and spending time together and then they wind up making it to the hearing and represent Gordon. They get off on a loophole that I think, like, I don't know what NCAA rules are on this, but, like, first of all, the lifetime ban for what Gordon did seemed a little bit contrived. I'm just going to be totally honest with you. But all that being said, they found the legal loophole on it and managed to get it so that he could continue to coach the Don't Bothers in the game. And so now we're going to go see where that all leads us. So... It's going to be fun next week kind of seeing that all take place, and I really, really hope that we're getting a second season on this because it has been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of reminiscing, and then just, again, getting more of the story of Gordon Bombay, who I think was a really compelling character in the movies, and, you know, he kind of drifted to the back towards the end of the series, but just getting that ability to kind of go back and revisit all of that, I think that's been a lot of fun for me, and it's been an unexpected amount of fun. Like, I knew it was going to be something that I was going to be interested in seeing. In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. 
allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.